0: Let's welcome to the show Steve Lubiana from um, Stefano Lubiana Wines. Good morning. How's, uh, how's it down in Tassie this morning? Melbourne's having a beautiful
1: day. How, uh, how are you looking? Um, it's a little bit overcast today, um, a little bit cooler. We've had some pretty warm weather, but um, a bit of a reprieve from the heat, so it's good, good for the vines. Yes. Yeah, um,
0: give them a little bit of a rest, do you reckon?
1: Yeah, they've been ripening up pretty quickly. It's, we, it's our earliest harvest ever this year. Um, we've started picking for sparkling. We're about halfway through it. And, um, yeah, normally we, that was on the 20th of February, which we've, we've never started that early before. So, um, yeah, good to have you know, a little bit of cooler weather for them to, you know, catch up and have a bit of a rest. Yeah. Yep. And,
2: and so when do you think you'll be done?
1: Oh, we won't be done. I think uh, be probably mid-April.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, so we've got a fair way to go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So sparkling base, obviously, you're picking um, early because as in you pick that earlier because that needs to be at a, a lower ripening um, point.
1: Uh, yeah, just lower lower sugar levels, so the alcohol is because once you uh, you make your base wine, uh, once you um, do the tiraging process, you have to add. Um, some sugar to that, and that increased the alcohol content of the final wine by about about one point five percent. So yeah, you have right. to take that into consideration. You don't you don't want a fourteen percent sparkling wine if you want a nice elegant wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to pick earlier, but you're trying to get phenolic <laughs> ripeness at the same time. Yeah.
2: Yes. So you you obviously have the focus on sparklings, and therefore you know Pinot and Chardonnay, um, mm-hmm. and and quite a few of the um, of the French varietals, but you're actually an Italian family and got a sixth generation mm. Italian winemaking family. Can, you, can we kind of just go back and give the story of how you moved from, from your, where, where you come from in Italy, how you
1: ended up mm-hmm. over here, and just, just tell us the, the general yeah. story. Sure. Well, I, I was born in Melbourne, but my grandfather came to Australia. He had a winery in Istria in northern Italy, and that is now uh, Croatia. After the Second World War, given that land was taken from Italy and given to Croatia. Uh, we still actually have about, um, I think it's 14 hectares of vines there uh, wow. under dispute with the Croatian government. But um, so must, my grandpa moved to, Tas, to Tasmania, sorry, to um, Australia in 55, followed very shortly after by my father. And uh, my grandpa started a winery up in the Riverland area, a little town called Maruk. It was a little distillery, Mm -hmm. which he then converted Mm -hmm. to a winery, but he he couldn't really speak much English. So my my, my dad came up from Melbourne. My dad was selling wine around Melbourne um, to the Italians and Greeks, you know, table wine, delivering it to them. Then he went up, he sort of gave that business to one of his mates and said, all right, look, I'm going to go up to the Riverland to help my, my grandpa make wine. What we'll do, though, I'll give you this business as long as you buy all the wine from me, and then I'll, I'll supply the wine, and you deliver it, and you and you know we're both happy, and that's what mm. happened, and and um, it worked out really well, and um, and the business grew from you know a tiny little you know um, a few tanks underneath the gum tree, pretty much, to a a wine that was doing about two to three thousand tons a year, and and that's where I grew up, uh, so. Born in Melbourne, but then grew up in the Riverland, Um, yeah, in my my dad's winery. And then um, I I was, you know, keen to make sparkling wine. And so I was always interested in wine. Um, I always wanted to become a winemaker. I don't know why, ever since I was little. And um, went to Roseworthy and then uh, got my degree and then looked around Australia to make sparkling. You know, I I wanted to to make sparkling, so I had to plant grapes, find a spot. I can't really do it. Where I was, um, mm-hmm. I did make some sparkling in 1986 um, uh, in, in the Riverland, but then shortly after, I looked around Australia and uh, found Tasmania. I thought, oh, this is this is the place. This is, yeah, well, you know, uh, it's pretty yeah, obvious. Sure. It was obvious to, obvious to me. Everybody said, "What are you doing? You're absolutely crazy!" You know, um, <laughs> you know going to Tasmania. Too you know, cold, what? too well, marginal. But, but, it's where, freezing down yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, like you know. It's cold and it's wet, and you know, and um, but it's not. You know, it's actually quite mild and it's dry you know, in the that's right places. Beautiful. And um, yeah, and that's uh, so we ended up buying a property there, I got married, my wife, and uh, we moved to um, just out of Hobart, a place called Granton, and set up a vineyard and a, um, a winery. Started some, con- you know, did some contract winemaking to start with, just to get the cash flow going, so we could um, plant our vines. Mm. And, um, you know, slowly grew our business. And, and now our, our son's sort of um, got the love, got the bug for nice wine, and he's he's taking over the business as we speak. Yeah, They're They're Taking over
0: the reins.
1: So, and he's the so, sixth just- generation. He's yeah. sixth generation, yeah. Oh. Yes. I mean, that's as far back as we can remember, so it might go back further. Mm-hmm. But what we can remember is, yeah.
0: Well, six
2: That's is that's a, that's a that's a great great story. And um, can I ask mm. where did the where did your love of sparkling come from? Why was it that that you was it a, an amazing sparkling you drank at one point in your in your life? You thought I want to make that, or where did it come from?
1: Oh, I think, we I mean, drank it at many points in my life, especially as a young. You know, my parents loved sparkling wine, so you know we drank. Okay,
2: you know, so as, it was as, from as,
1: a, as drinking a child. Then? Yeah, at home, we, right. you know, wine was drunk all the time as but, a child. I was coming. I would come home from primary school and have winemakers at the. But the primary school was like 50 meters, not 50 meters, sorry, about 100 meters away from our house. So I would walk home, mm-hmm. have lunch, and all the winemakers would would come up from the winery to have lunch with my parents, and they'd be, you know, pouring, you know, hiss some shiraz and some water, and here's some grenache, and what's the difference between this shiraz and this one? And do you like this one here? No, I don't like that. Well, they always put some salt in that glass, so they're always playing games, and and uh, I just I became interested, and um, but then we also. Um, uh, drank sparkling wine and uh, loved it, champagne and all sorts. So um, I just, yeah, just sort of um, loved the idea of it. And then I worked in in Champagne in 1985, did a vintage over there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, and then and then that that, that love okay. you know, that sense, went from sparkling to to the table wines, Pinot and Chardonnay. So um, now we we do mm. probably we do more you know red Pinot Noir than we do sparkling.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, Steph, yeah. we've had okay. a question from Christopher um, about your Syrah uh, Oh, sorry, oh, your yeah. Syrah um, yep. Given it's a, you're in Tassie do you ever struggle with ripeness down there or is it, is it a warm enough site that you've got it on?
1: Yeah, uh, we probably we do occasionally in the cooler years um, and we're still learning we've only grown it for about well, five, six years now and it's, it's cropped um, so we're still Understanding Understand. the vine, uh, we have to crop thin a lot. So we, you know, we, you know, we, you know, in the cool years, we might drop seventy um, percent of the crop on the ground very, very early in the season after flowering to make sure we have enough leaf, excuse me, enough leaf area for for the number of bunches. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, uh, like this year, it's looking really great. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's a, a lighter, more elegant um, style of of um, red wine. That's why we call it Syrah rather than Shiraz because yep. it's it's not big and, and it's not 14% alcohol. <clears throat> it is more elegant. It's more you know, else, whole yeah. all 100% um, whole bunch fermented. <clears throat> we found that sort of works well, even though we are cool. It's sort of a bit weird. Mm. Um we've done trials, and we always prefer the the, the whole bunch fermented one. Um, no.
0: He's also asked, do you ever um, you know, add in say, Viognier or something like that? Just yes.
1: Kind of oh, just, just a few bunches. Off. We got yeah, um, yeah about a, a quarter of a row, so you know, we we do well, we do about seven eight barrels of of Shiraz. So in that there'd be you know half a dozen buckets of Viognier that will get thrown in there. Yeah, because you don't also need a lot, out, do you, to move the dial? No, no, yeah. No, also looking at Pinot Gris. I think that's also good. Um, yeah, mm. to release. I'm oh, not sorry, not Pinot Gris. Um, Grüner thinner. Oh. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good for you know releasing peppery characters. Yeah,
0: mm. so you've you've got a little bit of Grüner yourself.
1: Yeah, I only got a couple rows, so yep. make make one barrel. That pretty much grow
0: well down there, wouldn't it.
1: It does, mm. yeah. Uh, uh, this year, terrible flowering this year. So we had a little bit colder flowering um, mm. and uh, just didn't like it. So it's a lot of small berries. Last year we had more rain during flowering and it set fine. So it really mm. really weird. Um, and so, yeah, we just, just have a little bit of it. Yeah, and it does, does pretty well. The,
2: the German and Austrian varietals tend to do really well in Tasmania, don't they? mm yeah. Generally. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. 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 So now Italian yeah. wines maybe, maybe not so much, if they're requiring a little more heat. But you know, coming from an Italian family, do you mm. do you dabble in a couple? I think I think I've had a Barbera from you. Would that be right? Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah, we've still got Barbera. Yeah, um, okay. Mm-hmm. And um that's that's um work in progress, that's looking good. Uh only four rows again, so we make think, two barrels of Barbera a year. Mm-hmm. Um we yeah, tried Lagrine. Uh, we didn't do – that didn't oh. do well. We still got some Nebbiolo, which makes more like a rosé. It's just not warm enough, you know, and we, mm. we no. – San no, I wouldn't have thought so. Mm. Yeah, San Giovese mm. just didn't set fruit. It's just, you know, got a few clones in there, and so that didn't work. We did grow Arneis, mm. and um, that was very good. And But we've just got too oh, many wines. <laughs> That's the other thing. Yes, I mean, it's nice to pay good, some
2: homage to
1: – to your you know
2: to your your, your background, but um, on the yeah. whole, Tasmania does this isn't quite quite the same terroir as uh, as yeah. Italy. Yeah,
1: and so and if you want to, yeah, it's just that we can't do everything all, all the time, and so we're just trying to reduce the number of varieties wines and wines, and and focus on those and give them the love. Pinot Gris, you know, we, sure. we do quite a bit of Pinot Gris and um, also now um, Malvasia uh, Istriana. Oh. so um. Uh, and that, that, thats, that's a, not a wine like a,
0: that people would have had much.
1: No, just um, yeah. Just, about just, that. Just just coming on, yeah. And um, and that's fermented as a red wine, so it's a, a skin like a what they call it orange wine. Some people call it, yeah. Mm. Hey, um,
0: Steve, uh, just literally by chance, um, last night I uh, I was sitting at a table at a at a restaurant next to uh, this um this couple, and just you know, somehow that uh, got talking about wine. And um and so I talked about the show and whatever and uh and so Wally, who used to do irrigation for you down at the oh, vineyard, yeah. oh, it was him. No way. <laughs> mm. Totally. He said, I oh, know Steve personally. Yes. We used to do a fair bit of work with him down there for uh, in the vineyard. What huh. yeah, a coincidence.
2: That's awesome. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, I'll say hi tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um yeah. so uh, you're biodynamic and uh and mm-hmm. also organ or, organic or the, the wines you just oh. are making. Yeah, okay.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And was that from the yeah. start or did you trend no move across to that?
1: Well it kind of was from the start. So I bought my steering machine back in nineteen well would have nineteen ninety. Um and we did start our first plantings organic, but we had didn't have any money, we had all second hand drippers and secondhand everything. And it was on a very steep section, very low water pressure, and it was a disaster. So we, we stopped after the second year and then <clears throat> went conventional down on the, the flatter areas. And then and then about in two thousand and ten or two thousand and nine we said, hang on a minute. We're all set up now. We we came here originally to to do, you know, organic viticulture. Uh, let's start it. Let, let's do it. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. We just, um, you know, got lost there for a bit. And so we did a trial in 2009. 30% of the vineyard went over to organics. And in 2010, we converted the whole vineyard to, to biodynamics and then became certified in 2013. Yeah. Do you, do you okay. find that's that
0: good. that's been a really. Um, a good thing. I mean, it's it's more than just a, a marketing thing, isn't it? It's it's a oh yes, it's, it's a it's philosophy, um, and um and mm-hmm. and we speak with a lot of um, uh, you know, viticulturalists and wine you know uh, wine makers who are using those principles very much in the vineyard. Um, some haven't gone to the whole end of the path with certification, but but everyone um is working on having healthier vines, creating better fruit, and better soil and, and, you know, having healthy soil.
1: better vines. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so our, our focus is on the soil. Yep. So we focus on getting a healthy soil, which then as a byproduct, will produce healthier vines. So we focus is always on the soil, yep. getting it, keeping the, you know, the, well, the bio-organisms the or, or, yes, and things. The whole system. Yeah. And, um, and we do that with, you know, compost and... Um, the preparations that we use and just how you manage the soil. If it's too dry, you don't cultivate it. If it's too wet, don't go in there. Mm. But we find that the soil mm. is more resilient now than it's ever been. And then the vines are happier because when in dry conditions they're tougher, they don't need as much water. And in, in wetter conditions when that happens, they they do well. They don't, you know, suffer as much from, you know, any um water logging issues. And the mm. and, and less disease pressure you know, in it's 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 always you know people say oh we had a tough year this year if it was powdered mildew, you bought no it was yeah. fine for us because so it's, it's violence, like a knock
2: on effect isn't it you get you get we start with one thing getting it right yeah. like the soil and everything else is you know naturally positively snowballs from there
1: it's it's just like if artificial fertilizers and things like that are just like a human being living on sustagen and and tablets out of a, out of a bottle, well, you're going to be sick. You're not going to be a healthy person, yes. right? And the mm-hmm. same with vines. And so we find that our vines, the leaves are much thicker, which then they're much uh, more resistant to diseases. Uh, so they're they naturally a, a healthier plant um, mm-hmm. with, you know, better, more resilience. Do
2: you...
0: Uh, sorry, go Jill. I was just going to say, um, do you go uh, at all beyond that and, and get into the sort of... Uh, sort of you know, jokingly call it sort of more mystic Meg. You know, with um, with um, leaf days and fruit days, and taking account of all of that with the moon cycle and
1: things. Absolutely, as much as we possibly can within reason. So, if if uh, you know we use a biodynamic biodynamic calendar and it says, "All right, you ideal day is to is to pick your grapes on Friday." It's Monday, okay? And the forecast says, "Oh, we're going to have forty millimeters of rain on Thursday." <laughs> well, you pick the grapes on the Wednesday. Yeah, you don't you don't say oh i've got to pick them on friday because that's the calendar says that even though i'm going to have mm. a huge amount. It, there's some common sense you yes. know you're going to be yeah, a farmer and i'm i'm sure rudolf stein would say you oh, you're an idiot if you wait till friday to pick your grapes
0: you know yeah, what i mean It's not you commercial have to look sense at,
1: yeah yes that's right and you know and same with you know um um with with the moon phase. which we, we try as much as possible Picking you know you now we 've got a descending moon coming, we know that the in the next few days the sugars are going to uh, ramp up fairly quickly because we've just just going mm-hmm. through a full moon we're going to be um going to a waning moon, and so we're going to be watching our bowmaze a bit more closely because the risk of you know a, a quick jump in the next four or five days um so it helps you in that respect as well and um mm-hmm. and then, in terms of uh, um, um fruit and leaf days, well, they are, have a, a smaller influence and usually that's when we bottle. So we bottle on a, on a fruit day or a flower day mm. um, um, and that usually we, we can do that most of the time, yeah.
0: I oh,
2: like that. So um, many of your wines are vegan. I, I don't think all of them from, from what I see. Um, how, do you find that's a, a big thing, people asking specifically for vegan
1: wines or is it just something that you, that you want to do? Uh, I've got a vegan daughter, and so okay. I have to make them... Yeah, okay, you know, She's part of the family, and she drinks wine, so I said, all right, I'll make everything vegan. So what does so that mean? Okay. You don't
0: use egg in the fining process?
1: Or? No, eggs or um, fish isinglass, which is a fining agent. Um, yeah. So, And we don't really do anything. The only thing we use is a little, we used to use a little bit of gelatin in the pressings um, of the juice stage, and, and that was it. And so now we just don't do that. Um, we use some mm. uh, potato protein instead... And, and that's, that's really the only thing. So it, was, it was just, it was, you know, the thing with, with, again, with biodynamic grapes, we, we get lovely phenolic maturity. So phenolic maturity generally arrives before sugar maturity. They're the two things to look, we look at when we're deciding when to pick grapes. How much sugar is in the, in the grapes? And then the phenolic maturity, how ripe are the seeds and how ripe are the tannins mm. in those berries? And we don't want to pick the grapes at a sugar level, because we've because they're getting too sweet, and then have it at, have grapes which are green and hard, and then
0: mm.
1: you know with the resulting wine, then you have to find it, you have to remove all that bitterness, um, and so that's an, another bonus, a big bonus with um, with biodynamics and organics. Mm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so- can we just have a quick chat about your uh, your cellar door um, mm-hmm. and what the experience is at your cellar door, best way to get there, how far you are from
1: Hobart, talk about your mm-hmm. restaurant, etc. Sure. So we, we're out the, the vineyard and the cellar door at the winery. The winery is in the middle of the vineyard and we are uh, 20 kilometres north of Hobart on on the Dewant River. So mm-hmm. pretty easy to get there. Pretty um, close,
2: yeah.
1: Very close, Drive up uh, yeah, it doesn't take very long at all, twenty minutes usually, oh, the traffic's mm. pretty bad, they're building a new bridge now, so there's a little bit of a uh, a traffic hold up at the moment but um yeah, and there's a, a, a we have a cellar door, so you um you can come in, don't have to have an appointment and um we have wines for tasting uh, there's a small fee for tasting f- um four wines, and then you know it's i think that's refundable on on um on purchase, uh, we, we are changing that. We're looking at just just doing by appointment uh, um, as a as a change. Um, so we'll probably be doing that later on in the year. So we have can spend more time with people, sit down um, and explain uh, it all the wines to them and, and the story. Mm-hmm. And right next in the same building, you know, if you, you walk in the building, you turn right. You have the Cellador tastings. If you turn left, we have our Osteria, which is run by my daughter, and um, we have a chef there. So we have anything to do with it. She's um, in the hospitality game. She has a, a other right. couple of um, food places, a restaurant in town, and, and a few pizza shops. So she runs that, and um, yeah, that's that's uh, open I think, Wednesday to to Sunday.
2: Yeah, lovely. So Asteria Vista, um, obviously Italian cuisine. I'm just actually having a little bit of a menu now. So, it's a set menu.
0: Yeah. So ninety five yep. bucks for a set menu. Um, yeah,
1: that's it's very good.
0: Then obviously and, um there's paired wines if if you want to do that. Yes,
1: be, yep, matched wines if if, if you want, yeah. Mm.
0: Well I think we'd want, wouldn't we, Jill?
2: <laughs> yes, we absolutely would. And only your wines as well, I I,
0: I would take. Yes. Yes at, yep at no excellent. I love that. There seems to be a big enough range, Stephen. <laughs> Steve. yeah Yeah, yeah there,
2: there, there is there, there really is I mean you've got the you've got the the you've got the green the you' you're covering all the whites. Um, I haven't tried your sparklings, which I would love to try. And your Pinot, your Pinot Noir is, um, I guess, that's that's really what's made you quite famous. Uh, your are sparkling as well, but the Pinot is what, you know, has picked up some you know massive global awards at the London Wine Challenge, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Do, do you need to sign up to receive, you know, your, your um, I guess, your top range Pinots or are you making enough that, um, you know, the, the members get enough but you can also sell it through cellar door and online? What's the situation?
1: Yeah, we don't make a lot. Um, there's only a few barrels of those wines. Um, uh, but we're we slowly increasing production. But we, 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 um, I have a philosophy where I won't rob Peter to pay Paul. So the estate Pinot, which is our core premium Pinot, now, yes. if there's blocks in the vineyard, which I think, oh, that looks really good, I can make a very exceptional wine out of that. But now, if I take that and make a wine out of it, and then the estate Pinot suffers, then we don't. We just leave that in because we have to maintain quality. So we won't make other batches of wines of, you know, more, you know, individual terroir driven rinds, um, mm. if the, any other wines will suffer. And the thing is that we have to reduce the crop. So by cutting the fruit off, then we need more vineyard area, which then eats into other wines. And so it's not just like, Nothing's happening. All the wine is made in the vineyard. We, don't do very, we do very little in the winery. All the wine is made in the vineyard, and, and that is by how much leaf we remove, how much mm. shoot thinning we do, and how much crop thinning we do. But like mm-hmm. Our, you know, our, our, our single-block wines, which are around about $80 a bottle, you know, they're cropped down to uh, about four tonnes per hectare. Mm, um, wow. So that's, well, our Primavera Pinot is eight, double that.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's like so, two two tonnes an acre. Yep. Roughly. Yeah, mm. Gee. Um, it yeah, obviously concentrates the, the fruit massively,
1: doesn't it? Concentrates it, it yeah. It's, it's all about dry extract, trying to get concentration and phenolic mm. maturity.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. um, I've, I've,
1: got, I've
2: got a question for you about Gamay. And this is, this is very topical and has been for, for the last mm-hmm. few months, but... Uh, as you know, as producers of very, very good Pinot Noir and as as the relative of Pinot Noir is Gamay, uh, do you have any intention of planting that varietal or what's what's your take on Gamay itself?
1: Yeah, no, I like Gamay. I think it's great. I mean I like most wines. Um, um, not something we'd be looking at doing again only because we want to just focus and on, on the wines that we do have. Um mm. But I think it's got a you know a very good future. I think Meadowbank uh, wines up the Doon Valley from us. They make a really good uh, gamay, and uh, I think it's got a lot of, holds a lot of promise uh, for Tassie. Yeah, it's just a, it's a lovely drink. It's yeah you know, smooth, soft, and, and quite pretty. Yeah, especially if it's you know you know got some carbonic maceration characters.
0: Mm. Yeah, that seems to be a very popular technique. I think. Hmm. Um. So, um, yeah, so uh, the, obviously you've got a fair bit of work to do yet if we're talking about sort of mid-April finishing. Um, mm. So that um, – do you have, do you have uh, some rows that you will pick, you know, multiple times, like you'll do one pass and then you'll come back and you'll do another and, and sort of do it Definitely like that? Generally not. No?
1: No, no. It's it usually just <clears throat> block by block. Yeah, each block has its um, end target, end goal. And it's been grown to that wine. So this block here, we might reduce the crop, or if we do reduce the crop, then we know it's it's going to make a, a powerful red wine. So it's it's already earmarked. And um, and and yeah, that's it. It's very straightforward. It just comes in the winery and goes into those barrels. Um, it's made in a particular way. <clears throat> Not that they're all much made the same way. You know, like the Chardonnay's just pressed and go Mm. to the barrel and they ferment. All our wines are fermented naturally, even our sparkling vases. Um, Yeah. So um, very, very easy, very straightforward winemaking. Nothing, no no fancy (laughs) tricks. No tricks.
2: It's just the way you want it. Put nothing in but passion. Isn't that something I I may have read that you said? So, Steve, given that you you do have a fair bit on, on, I'm assuming that the rest of your Sunday will be spent out and about. Uh, well, I'm actually the
1: having a day off. We're into it tomorrow nice. for, you know, getting, you know, really stuck into it. So I'm having a, one day off. My son's fixing up a pump at the moment. So, um, you know, I'll we'll see him later on this afternoon and, um, you know, get our plants ready for tomorrow and um, get the rest of the sparkling fruit off. So it Isn't should be good. Sounds good, good. Good
0: to have someone to do those jobs now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um well, uh, Steve, thank you. It's been great to, to reacquaint ourselves with, um, mm. with uh, Stefano Lubiana. And, Jill, sounds like a must-visit. Oh, in, gosh, yes. When you get to Tassie. Down in so, Tassie. Very mm. easy out of town. Yeah. yeah. But good luck with the rest of Vintage, hey?
1: Yeah, thanks very much. It's looking, looking pretty good. So I think we should have some, yes. some good wines excellent. this year. Look forward yeah, to excellent. That. excellent, excellent.